Hey friends, uh, welcome to Unseminary. Welcome to another week. We're doing so another series of uh, webinars this week called Your Church and the Path Forward. Now these webinars really look more to the future. Say, so, hey, this is our current reality. Let's try to dig in and take advantage of what are some opportunities on the horizon uh, for our churches. Today's podcast is great. It's really talking about uh, digital Easter. How can we dig in? We've got lots of kind of details in today's uh, podcast. I think you're going to love it, particularly if you're a tech person. Listen, I also want to remind you about a great resource that you should be considering in this moment to train your team. I know uh, that many churches are looking at how do we keep our team focused? How do we keep uh, looking at the mission in this season? I would encourage you to pick up the book by my friends, Warren Bird and Tim Lucas called Liquid Church. It's a fantastic book. All you need to do is go to liquidchurchbook.com. This really looks at how do we do church in a uh, today's day actually does talk about some online stuff, talks about how we dive deep, use our, our mission to really make a difference and reach people who normally don't go to church. Uh, if you go to liquidchurchbook.com, you'll see that there's uh, not only some supplementary reading material, but all kinds of tr- free training videos. Now would be a great time for you to pick up a copy of this book for your team and say, hey, let's go through this together. Let's use these videos to help us get better in this season. Again, that's liquidchurchbook.com. All right, let's jump in with today's uh, podcast here on Unseminary. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Thanks for having us on, Rich. Appreciate the time, the opportunity. Uh, I guess the first thing I'd say about Housewright is that almost everybody at Housewright is a former technical director, worship pastor, key volunteer at a local church someplace across the country. Most of us cut our teeth on uh, all the bad decisions on topics like this. So maybe today we can uh, we can dive in and, and learn from some of that. Uh, we started House Right back in 2013 to serve churches in the best way that we could by designing, installing audio video lighting systems. Uh, we understand what it's like to lead technical ministries at teams at churches. It's where we learned. Um, many of us still work as volunteers across the country. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, to date, we've 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 served about 300 churches across mm-hmm. across the, the states. 400 completed projects. You know, there's a lot of great AV companies out there. We we tend at Houseright to focus a little bit more on helping the churches that really need us. Um, mm-hmm. They might not have trusted staff to guide them through what can be, uh, you know, major investments uh, for their church. It's not uncommon for us to use language like what what would we do if this were the church that we were serving at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we, we often ask that question as we're getting to know each other. Um, I'm Matt, um, Matt McKay. I was actually trained as a mechanical engineer before I found myself pulled into the technical ministries back in the early nineties. Um, ultimately I joined the staff as a technical director at Crossroads and I began to lead volunteers, deliver services week to week. I served there for about a decade and in the midst of that, um, built some buildings. We put our toe into the water for multi-site strategy, um, growing and learning how to start using video in, in that content uh, to, as, as part of the strategy for growth. Well, back in uh, 07, then I started working across the country with a lot of other churches, um, you know, honing my craft, understanding how to help the church universal um, with topics like this. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, that led us to starting House Right in 2013, and um, started just adding friends from across the country to join that effort. One of them is here today, Jeff Vanderkoy. Um, Jeff has been with House Right since very early on in the beginning. 
Uh, he's been serving churches for about 15 years, used to be on staff at Willow Creek Church, uh, Marshall Bible up in Michigan, a few other churches for a decade himself. Um, Jeff's a trusted friend. He's, um, he's on our team in the sitting in the spot of helping to talk to churches about how to just navigate decisions about delivering simple and smart, you know, systems, uh, for implementation at their church. Um, he was actually one of the guys that, uh, helped install at the church that I was serving at way back in the day too. So he's just been a great friend for a long time. It's also, he's, he's amazing to me that he's just, a, um, he, he has a, pretty deep network of friends across the country and other churches, just a great resource for us and for a lot of other folks. He's also that freakish guy though, that likes to run like a hundred miles at a time. So <laughs> I don't get that like four marathons, but, uh, 20, 24, 30 hours straight. It's crazy. Gosh, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Gilly, Chris Gilly also is on, on today. Chris, also been a friend for a dozen years. The coolest thing about Chris is that he's from Alaska mm, uh, and he's got some it. killer tattoos too, but <laughs> it may not be the coolest thing, but he's, he, it is pretty, pretty sweet to hear some of his experience in church from an Alaskan context. And then like carrying that forward through all of his experience, he's been working at places like Willow Creek as well uh, since the early nineties. Um, most recently at Eastside Christian church out in Anaheim mm -hmm. um, with the work that's going on out there. Um, one of the smartest guys I know, so I thought I'd, I'd make sure I get these two guys on today uh, if we need to talk smart things, which we might need to at some point along the way here. Um, nice. After about a, uh, after working at Eastside, he did join the dark side for a little bit and worked in uh, professionally out on the West Coast at places like the Hollywood Bowl and Meyer Sound and then nice. joined our team just this year, actually, in January. Great time to, to, to yes. join. Welcome to the to team. <laughs> Nice. And uh, he's actually joining us from his bunker in Southern California today. So mm, that's good. Great. Well, um, the thing I love for friends that are listening in, the thing I love about Matt and his team is so trust their work. They do great work, but they come from a ministry mindset. So I've said this to other people. I said, listen, these are church guys who happen to know technology and they're deep in their technological abilities and skills, but they primarily want to do it right from a you know, how, how do we serve your church? And so that's why I wanted to get them to come on. Uh, also, uh, platform agnostic specialists on a bunch of different things. And so yeah. we're not here to try to sell you something today. We want to try to give you some solutions and, and to kind of stretch your thinking. So I'd love to start with you, Jeff. So, um, you know, when we think about this whole idea of streaming, so, uh, you know, so many of us, it's like we found ourselves, now we're into streaming, where it was like three weeks ago, that was like a distant idea, but now here we are. I'm, I'm wondering if you could kind of take us back to a little bit of first principles. What would you say are the important things that we need to be thinking about to begin to understand understanding kind of the why, where, how of video streaming. What are those things that are kind of fundamental that we all need to be thinking about when we're wrestling through this whole area of doing church, you know, using streaming video at the core of that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, just like what you said, the the why, where, and how, um, you know, I think we could, uh, in the past, we've always had to have the conversations with churches about why, like, right why should we stream? But now it's pretty evident, like why we should be streaming because we, right. we can't meet. Um, so that's pretty easy to answer. Uh, you know, the where is, <laughs> is probably the, the biggest one. I think people are trying to learn the most about right now is, mm -hmm. you know, do we go to stream to Facebook? Do we stream to YouTube? Uh, you know, church online platform um, embedded on our website. Like what's, 
what's the best place to to do that um and, and i would say it just it depends um and each one of those areas or places that you're wanting or that you would be um broadcasting to have their mm-hmm. own unique uh, value i would say sure so nice. um I wonder, could we pull that apart? Actually, could we describe yeah. if we think, so I seem to hear a lot from churches I'm talking to, they're thinking about uh, YouTube, obviously Google solution, Facebook, uh, church online. Now uh, for folks that are listening in, and I'm sure there's some people who are listening in here, um, you know, all of those platforms seem to have struggled over the last couple of weeks, right? We've run into problems, right? Which in some ways is a great problem, right? Like, Hey, wow, there's so many churches streaming that, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg didn't do his math right. And, you know, they're, they're struggling with it, but what would each of those, if you could kind of pull apart um, those platforms, what would you say some of those, you know, kind of decisions that would be made between thinking about those different platforms? Yeah. I mean, I, the way I look at it is we've got a couple different tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we kind of start out with like social. Mm-hmm. So you've got social media, which would be Facebook's to Facebook live. Um, and it's a, it's a good place to get people to get the word out, right? Marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, but the, but the downside to that is that statistically the engagement, like the length of time that people actually watch your video uh, is like five to 10 minutes, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other platforms that are more video specific and aren't social, um, like YouTube or Vimeo, um, they actually retain you know, the audience longer. So hmm. upwards to 20 to 30 minutes, mm-hmm. um, which, which makes sense because you're not there to just scroll and see what all your friends are up to. You're, you're there mm-hmm. to watch a video. Uh, the downside to that is that there's um, usually with YouTube and stuff, there's other videos they're trying to get you to click on as well. So you're, you're being, your attention is being um, grabbed for. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other, the, the last kind of place to put things would be, you know, either on your own website, church's website, embedded uh, player on your church's website, or using a, you know, a platform like church online platform. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, the engagement time for people watching and viewing is upwards into the, you know, 30, 40 minutes mm-hmm. um, length of time, which is what you want. You want people mm-hmm. to be engaged, to stay there and to watch to participate in mm-hmm. your service for, for the period of time. Um, so, it, so that is the one thing where I feel like you could very quickly get things up on the Facebook, but it, how effective is it and, right. and where you're putting it um, is very important. Hmm. Now, it, you see, uh, so that got me thinking about service length. And um, so this yeah. is, kind of off where we were talking about, but are you, what, what are you, what are your, what are your opinions on that? What should we be thinking about around service length, particularly say we're coming up to Easter and um, you know, should we be thinking about a 90 minute service? None of what I heard you say was that these platforms are able to hold, seem to be able to hold people's attention for, you know, what we would normally see in, in some services, but any thoughts on that or when we should be thinking about, you know, and I realize it's an opinion, but you know, I'd, I'd love to get yeah. your thoughts on that. You know, it's interesting because when when we are gathering in a in a space or in a in a sanctuary, worship center, whatever, um, you know that that time limit, you you're captive, right? You're mm-hmm. there, you're you're participating, you're experiencing in all senses mm-hmm. of that. 
Um, so, you know, it makes sense to do a 60, 75 minute, you know, service, whatever that is. Um, but when it comes to watching something online, um, you know, I have been talking to a lot of people over the past three weeks and a lot of people are, are playing around with the idea of, okay, Hey, let's not do three songs up front, then a teaching and then another two mess or two songs to close it out. And it's, you know, 75 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but what if we did one or two songs up front, went into the message and then had one song to close it out. Um, right. You know, so I have, I've been talking to a lot of people and I've been seeing that format being, you know, kind of condensed down. Mm -hmm. um, so it is something that's, that I think you should consider. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I have also been seeing a lot of churches playing around with even just the, the 10 minute, you know, um, kind of Bible, Hey, today we're looking at, you know, kind of a daily type yep. uh, interaction with people mm -hmm. on Facebook. Right. Um, so yeah, and Rich, there's totally. certainly a, a, a lot of uh, things that I'm seeing too, where mm -hmm. uh, like just changing up the way it would look if you were in the room, you know, right. unique sets, camera angles are different than you would have experienced in the room, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, just to, just to help underscore that it, it is different now, but also mm -hmm. it's, uh, rules have changed, it, it, yeah. mm -hmm. rules have changed and it's like doing everything we can to bring in a level of intimacy that can maybe convey across the screen into a living room. Yeah, I remember when, uh, so it's so funny, right? It's like, I remember before this, it sounds like it was so long ago. I remember there was always this conversation around um, when we were making video for multi-site, there was this question around, are we, are we trying to capture right. an event that's happening or are we making something deliberately that's going to go down the pipe for multi-site? And so then a part of that comes down to like, um, should I be looking straight into the camera or am I looking towards the audience? And we're capturing all yeah. of that where, you know, it seems like best practices straight down the barrel looking, you know, cause now we know hundred percent of the people are coming across that, you know, that feed. So it's been interesting to see some of that change, um, you know, even over these last couple of weeks, which is crazy. Um, you know, similar to that. So, you know, back to you, Jeff, around kind of each of these services that we've talked about, um, are, are they, are, are these the kind of things that there's like an ongoing cost? I know some churches are wrestling with, you know, all their financial um, kind of realities of what they're look, looking for. And so are there things we should be thinking about kind of subscription costs, you know, for, to even have the ability to, to do this, you know, kind of streaming to these various platforms? I mean, yeah, it's definitely something to consider. Um, there are varying degrees of, of costs that you would expect for the services that you're, you're getting. Um, you know, you could, you could go as far as free, right? So if you've got the right equipment and, you know, camera and an encoder, you can point it to Facebook live for free. Mm -hmm. um, but there are downsides to that. And mm -hmm. it, it's, um, you know, you wouldn't want that to be your primary source of people to be participating. Okay. Um, so, um, there, there are so many services, good services out there, um, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the church online, which is free, mm -hmm. uh, the church, yeah, the church online platform, which is free, mm -hmm. um, or Boxcast, or, uh, I mean, stream monkey, you, you name it. There's a, there's a handful of them that are service-based, um, mm -hmm. or I should say fee-based. Um, but what they're doing is they're, they're taking your, your, um, your encoding or your, mm -hmm 
stream up into their cloud. And then what mm -hmm. they're doing is they're dispersing it to the multiple different platforms. So Facebook, mm -hmm. YouTube, um, wherever it is you want it to go. Uh, and what they're doing is allowing that uh, content to be distributed to in multi multiple different stream bits and stuff so that people have the best experience possible. Mm. Um, so, so the upsides to spending the, the money is, um, is the quality and the reliability. And, you know, they, the kind of one of the bigger, the big things is the buffering. So if you're, you're pulling up a video and it just within the first 20 seconds, if you end up buffering and it doesn't catch up pretty quickly, the next mm -hmm. time it buffers again, people are more than likely just to hop off and go do something else. Sure. Um, so having reliable services is pretty important for retaining attention. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's that. No, that's good. That's good. That's great. Um, now, would you? So we'll we'll come back to that. It, it seems like we're headed for a world where, uh, with kind of increasing restrictions so a lot of churches seem to be broadcasting from their whatever their you know their office or their you know their main location um, that still seems to be happening but it seems like we're headed for a situation where that may not be the case anymore we may not be able to do that and that might push us to the place where hey we, we might just literally have iPhones or some sort of phone having to kind of push out uh, maybe Chris you know how you know when you think about kind of the low end we've got we could do super crazy stuff but what what could one you know pastor do or one church leader do with an iPhone? Is there an iPhone solution out there that we should be thinking about, uh, either for you know immediate or for the coming weeks if we're restricted on our abilities to kind of go into our church? Chris, why don't you handle that? Let me handle that. Uh, <laughs> the iPhone. Uh, I mean, the video coming out of the phone this looks so great. Uh, so there's a lot of power there, and the fact that you can freely stream up to a service is such a strong start. The fact that it's in our hands and we can do something as early as this coming weekend is very attractive. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the things we can do with that are just to lock it down uh, at a great angle, put it on a tripod, unless you're going for a handheld look, <laughs> like mm. a, pr a producer's perspective decision, uh, but to lock it down at eye level as if it was a much more handleable camera than it is. You can fake people out by locking it down. Mm -hmm. um, look through that viewer and consider the lighting angles, which the other guys can talk more about as well. I'd say the single thing I would choose next, if I was going to put a phone up in front mm -hmm. of a stage with somebody standing up on stage, uh, would be to give it a little love in the audio area instead of a mic that's far from the presenter. Maybe they're in the PA for comfort. Maybe they're not. And all of a sudden we're dry except for room acoustics. A mic out in the middle of a space is going to hear the room Mm. as much as you know or or way too much more than uh, would be ideal than the presenter so um there's several uh, solutions and i've been watching some of the tutorials on them that go such a long way with a cardioid or a hypercardioid pattern to pay more attention to the sound in front less out to the sides um mm. and some of them are even with an io so you can wire the wire the mic up directly locally mm -hmm. and get get uh, all up and close like we are doing right nice now thunder, thunder or lightning bolt right Straight into the phone if uh, if you can do about the hundred to two hundred dollar range. That's that's where I would put the money if that's for this weekend. If you can find somebody with it on the shelf right now. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, I've got this like little Rode yeah. uh, lapel mic for my for my iPhone, yeah. and uh, I, I'm shocked by the the audio quality that comes off this thing. Now I bought this thing years ago, but it I think it was maybe eighty bucks, um, and it really does make a big difference between just pulling the kind of ambient sound in the room versus you know it's up up close, um, you know, and I I can with my hand. Can it, you know, it's not too far away. Or if I have someone hold it standing in front of me, um, you know, it's the, lo- the cord's long enough, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's great. Love that. Uh, any other thoughts on kind of the iPhone? Any, any, anybody else have thoughts on that? If we're, you know, thinking around, you had mentioned lighting. Is there, so I get the idea if we're in our auditorium where we've got lighting, is there some basic stuff we should be thinking about lighting if we end up in our home or we end up trying to you know, kind of jerry rig some sort of um, studio situation. Which Chris, by the way, I was joking before we went on. Chris's home studio looks the best out of all of us. We, <laughs> he's got like a screen. The, he, it, it looks amazing. Background. Yeah, he's got a moving background. The rest of us are just like we're phoning it in. Well, Chris, he did his work ahead of time. I think that's the. I think you just made the point, man. Uh, yes, like Chris thought about it and uh, right. knew he was going to be on camera today and said, "What can I put in the background?" that would cause some visual interest back there and separate him from the background. So Mm -hmm. when you're talking about lighting, whether it's live or for video use, it's about trying to make the the subject look natural, make them not look like a talking head and into a black background, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just be thoughtful about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can, if you can tell on mine, but I'm actually sitting my laptop, the camera is right up against the window to the exterior Mm -hmm. of my house. So I've got all this gorgeous natural light coming in on my face and you can see me well. Um, Mm -hmm. And then likewise, the background is there's some depth. And Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I would pay attention to that versus maybe turning and having the window to your back. It's going to blow out the camera and you're not going to be able to see your face well. So Mm -hmm. those are the things that I would, yeah, think about. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, super helpful. Maybe Chris, if you're thinking uh, kind of next step up from an iPhone rig, you've got some good stuff there. If we were going to take kind of a recommendation one step above that, um, you know, what should I be thinking about in the world of streaming if I want to kind of graduate beyond just the phone? I would um, I'd be, it's kind of two different camps to pick if we're going to be doing this from our existing room so that a little, as little has changed as possible. Or are we looking? Are we in a completely different environment? Um, I think I'll lean a little more towards digital east, or maybe specifically that we're probably heading towards using the room we're familiar with to yep. some degree, or at least the resources and the internet connection, things like that. Yep. Um, next level would be to leverage those resources. Um, if miking up in the room sounds good, then mic them, mic them up. Um, mm-hmm. If if the PA sounds good, the front house engineer is making good, strong choices. Uh, I would use all those as much as is as possible because mm. most of us are not going to become studio engineers overnight. Mm. So we definitely should monitor it on the back end. We should put some cans on here. What's actually happening in the area and the realm that it's going to translate to, but not necessarily switch gears into a whole different set of decisions or wipe the slate clean and start all over. If we have a good, no, we have good, a good room. We have good people making good decisions. We can make them comfortable, mm-hmm. take all that and then do as little as possible. And we have, we have a range from a few free things to a whole lot you can do <laughs> downstream mm-hmm. as soon as you're out of the room. Um, 
but to but to leverage those things, uh, including close miking, so you're in control of what the ambient balance is, but then to include the ambience itself. We're not trying, well, are we, is a decision that we also mm. have to ask. Are we, are we trying to go as dry as possible and switching gears to a presentation, remote presentation only, or are we still in a room and we don't want to all of a sudden be jolted into a completely different environment. The room is still has attractive features. There's still a little bit happening in this little box right here mm-hmm. that is attractive to it. I could have padded it out and isolated it. Um, and then the listener has a choice to make about what I'm hearing doesn't quite match what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Camera re- reveals there's a stage, if there's a screen in the background, if you have a sense that there's some seats in there, whether they're occupied or not, I would let that air breathe mm. it in reality without it mm. being super wet, but also not just going too far the other way. Mm. Oh, that's good. I, I love that. I think that's, that's helpful. I, I love the idea too. I think you, you hit on something there. So I'm definitely not a technical guy, but I have worked with a lot of teaching pastors over the years. And uh, I know that a part of um, them doing what they do is ensuring that there's a level of comfortability in um, you know, in how they do what they do. And so we've just, you, most of these environments, well, all these environments are going to be empty. There's going to be nobody in them. I used to say like, listen, I think Craig Rochelle can do the empty room preaching, but like nobody else can. And so just to be honest, like we have to work to make, I think, make the teaching guys feel comfortable um, because it's, it's a strange environment. They're used to feeding off the crowd. They're used to, you know, they've lost that. And so the idea of how do we make it similar as possible, I think is a, is a key one uh, for sure. I think, I think that's great. Uh, I'm going to go back to you, Chris, with an important, so this last weekend, I, um, I, I tried to madly click through as many church online experiences as I could, um, trying to learn what I could. Um, and there's a real wide variety on the music portion of what happens. And so some churches were able to kind of make the decision that they were able to kind of jump in and pre-record a bunch of stuff. And they've got, you know, 15 songs in the can and they're pulling that all together. Some churches have been unable to do that. And they've got a guy and a guitar in a room. Um, what would you suggest? So teaching is one thing. What should we be thinking about on the music streaming side? That 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 seems to be an area that, frankly, churches are struggling in. If I can be honest, right? That's an it's hard to do. It's hard to do well. It's a critical piece as we come to Easter. It's an important part of the Sunday morning. What are the kinds of things we should be thinking about when we get to that? Oh, and before I get to that, so you think mm-hmm. about that. That's a tough one. You think about that. If you've got <laughs> questions, uh, make sure you ask them. We are going to come to some questions. We've got a few that have come in. Uh, would love for you to to would love to get to those questions in a little bit but chris what could we what should we be thinking about from a kind of music production point of view at this point i um would once again lean towards not changing everything all at once unless you have to or or really trying to deliver something different uh so the front of house engineer mixing the full band on stage maybe is what we're talking about and trying to capture that well uh would still be the pa probably mm-hmm. at almost full tilt so the band themselves can feel it for their comfort level Mm. Um, and then, um, those mixed decisions are still creating, hopefully a good mix, a good general mm-hmm. balance, uh, not missing critical cues, uh, solos and pickups for vocals. If all of that is already in place, that's a strong starting point. Uh, and then, um, to take that downstream could include things that won't translate well, maybe having to focus less on rebuilding or creating a mix from scratch, and with our cans in another room, focus a little bit more on 
What's the color of the sound? What's the EQ mm-hmm. curve that we need to counter EQ for because of the way the PA or the front of house processing is translating? So um, to focus there with how can we un-EQ or to make it sound a little more natural for un-EQ um, yes. for downstream um, and adding more verb uh, if or less, you know, adding uh, more verb if that's necessary. Uh, and with EQ, you can play some tricks too, where if vocals are buried in the mix or a little too hot without going deep or bringing stems in from the room, uh, there's some EQ and processing available whatever your resources are uh, downstream that can help with some of those balancing things. Um, we talked about like close miking being is one improvement from free. I'd say the very second one, if in my opinion, would be the balance between music and speech. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the room, the ratio of those two things are very different. They can be 15 to 20 dB. And because we have the visual cue and the environment helping, our tolerance for that dynamic range is very easy to be communicated still to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 to 20 dB is unacceptable downstream. That would be that would almost be like being on or off. And that gap mm. needs to close all the way down to 3 to 6 dB between the two. Hmm. So the second biggest improvement, I would think, if it's, if it's coming from scratch or brand new to us, is from the front house console, boost speech probably way up to be in the mm. ballpark of music. 10 dB probably, hmm. yeah. Probably 90 B. Yeah. And that can be done on your aux bus or with, uh, or, or with grouping. But, uh, to get all those in the ballpark to begin with means less processing, processing downstream, a, a stronger product to start, uh, a stronger product to begin with before even getting into uh, processing compression and leveling and those kinds of things. Hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, uh if you, if I don't mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Jump in in yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I when you're not doing those things where you're balancing the the speech and the music, you're either doing one of two things where it's the music comes on and everything's distorted um, or the opposite where the music sounds great. And then the pastor gets up to speak. And then all of a sudden you can't turn your computer or your phone up loud enough to actually hear it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the big things between those. If, if we can minimize that gap between those, it helps to make that user experience end user experience uh, Oh, that's a good, that's a good flag. I did notice that even, you know, as, you know, as you're, you're watching or participating, um, you know, that we don't want people on the other end having to ride their volume, right? That's functionally what we're trying to avoid there there, because there, that will be a disengaging experience if there, there's the like, whoa, you know, I can turn that down or the other way. What is he saying? I don't know what they're saying. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really good. Appreciate that. That's good. And anything else on that kind of music piece? I feel like that's a, uh, you know, a critical, any advice. So this is more, so I would say on the programming side, this is for anybody to jump in more on the, okay, let's assume that a church doesn't have stuff in the can. They haven't, they've, they've been unable to do that. They've been scrambling for the last few weeks. They're thinking about Easter. Um, would you suggest we try to ramp up and try to say, Hey, how could we get five people in a room somewhere and actually do that or go the other way, try to go more acoustic and, you know, more to kind of, you know, fit that experience programming wise less technical more programming again i don't know who wants to i see i see gilly laughing there a little bit so maybe maybe over to you chris <laughs> oh i just love the question uh and uh i'm a, i'm a fan of unplugged any day of the week those are the ones i want to be asked to go mix so um okay. i i love that kind of change when it's source-based uh, you know a contextual um uh 
responding to the changes that are around us. It's like uh, some of the stages are uh, rearranging the worship team on stage, still using the PA, using their great mics, using their, yep. sometimes their inners or not, uh, but they've rearranged the stages that Matt said earlier um, in a circle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also just changing the instrumentation. Are you really going to shred three feet away facing yep. the piano player? Maybe bring it on, but right. <laughs> the acoustic guitar is just like, you know, if if it's a, if it's an expanded living room, those kind of choices yeah. feel feel fitting and appropriate, and uh, and uh, and they draw me personally in. Mm-hmm. Maybe even couple. more than looking down the barrel of a camera, which is great communication, but also the interest, I guess, around that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And this will be purely uh, opinion now mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from from my side, but there, there, there's a couple of things that I that I saw from a couple streams this week that I thought were just really clever to help them bring the engagement level and the sense of community into place. One was um, like putting putting the uh, the guitar ch- chord charts on the screen as a bug up in the upper left hand corner, so that if you're oh, interesting. If you have a guitar at home, you can like, huh. play along. That that was that was that was cool. That 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 engaged. Uh, that helped me remember that we're all in this together. Another thing that I saw this uh, on a stream recently, or I'm seeing on some streams, um, I, I am seeing the canned music done in advance, and then you drop in the video thing too. But for my church and for um, for what I needed to see this last week, I needed to see my senior pastor walk up in the middle of the of the song and, and deliver this mm. charge to the church. And mm. it was it was uh, it was very helpful for us to see that kind of line. It's very helpful for me to see that kind of live interaction between the personalities that I've grown to trust and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a there's that's I think a good point. There's a um, a part of what we're serving our people. There is that familiarity of the people who are on stage normally when they see those people that, and we've all experienced that in you know even in our small groups or whatever. I've been I've loved when we've got together even in a digital format because it's great to see those people. Right? It's like wow, those people are you know, are still alive, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, right. And so, and I, I wouldn't, if, if your church, you might be listening in today, again, this is my own personal opinion. You might be listening in saying like, I'm not sure we'll be able to pull off a big, you know, music thing like we normally would on, on Easter. I wouldn't shy away from leaning in on the living room worship experience like that. That might be what this year is. And that's okay. I think people, you know, we've seen the, like what Jimmy Fallon's doing and what, you know, these, these guys that are out there doing some interesting stuff from home, and now again, in their environment, they're trying to get people to laugh. We're not necessarily trying to get laughs, but there is something super engaging about, hey, come into my living room. Let's, you know, kind of have this experience together um, here. I, you know, I, I think there's something to that for sure. Matt, what about, um, you know, is there, when you think about kind of off the shelf solutions, are there things that we should be thinking about in this whole area of streaming that be kind of between now and Easter, we've still got a few days. Now that's again, if you can find stuff on the shelves, but you know, if, if you could get stuff off the shelves or are there things that we should be just picking up off the shelves, thinking about that, um, you know, to get us started if we're not uh, currently or to improve our experience. I, I would say like the whole conversation that we had before is is still germane and it, and, and it's, and it depends on your context and what you're trying to do. But if you're trying yeah. to just jump in for the first time uh, and get, something going there are things that can be done it, it, it jeff alluded to you need a camera and an encoder to do the very simplest um very simplest thing to get online and not have a subscription service i was able to talk my uncle in southwest iowa in his little country church through getting a, a simple camera and an encoder uh, online so that they can they can have church for their for their for their people 
uh, you know, on a matter of days and it didn't have to turn into a big master's thesis kind of a project for them. <laughs> uh, so just much, much like God has a unique thumbprint on all of our churches for the way we, we are and the way we operate, I'd say there, there will be similar levels of thoughtfulness and discussions to be had about how to get it done. But there are things that, you know, that, that are available still that you can, uh, you can go deploy pretty readily. Okay, cool. Well, we've got a few questions that have come in. Why don't we p- pivot to some of those? Um, and again, if you've got questions, please feel free to uh, some leave them in the comments and we'll uh, you know, get a chance to answer uh, what we can. Again, committing to making sure we're all done by the top of the hour. Maybe if this first one uh, would be for you, Jeff. Peter asked, um, what is the reason that you would not see Facebook Live as a primary platform. What what would be? I think you had kind of mentioned that it was a, a little bit in passing, but um, and and maybe it's a chance to correct yourself. But what what would you suggest? Like, hey, maybe that's not the place we want to primarily push. And then he didn't ask this, but what would you currently suggest? And we're not going to hold you to this forever as a primary platform. Um, kind of knowing what we know now over these last couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I would say with uh, why you would not want to put all your cards or all your eggs in one basket with mm. Facebook would be, um, I have been, I do know that there are some copyright issues, right? So, mm-hmm. um, with music, any sort of worship, worship music, especially with lyrics on the screen. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you're unlucky, you'll, they'll pull it down. Um, mm-hmm. and I think even if I'm not mistaken, um, even with CCL I licensing for the streaming and for, Mm-hmm. For that, uh, having lyrics up is incringing on that law. Mm-hmm. Um, so, by doing by you know, so I think Facebook they have the right to pull your content down right. based on those you know kind of copyright issues. So mm-hmm. uh, that would be one thing I would be concerned about. Um, and then mm-hmm. the other is just the I you know I do believe that the engagement length is mm-hmm. dampered by is an issue yeah by you know all the other distractions and people that are trying to get your attention to click mm-hmm. yeah there there is like all these platforms we have to realize w- what is their motivation right what are they right. what what is, what are they incentivized to do facebook's great and they've been great letting you know allowing us all to stream and use their bandwidth and use their servers it's not a criticism of them but but yeah, their yeah. their primary you know kind of interest is keeping people on which but not necessarily keeping them on you it's just keeping them on the app or keeping them on the site and so um yeah is the best practice and again i'm I'm not trying to nail you down to an answer but i trying to provide a little bit of help is are we seeing that the best practice is to offer a multiplicity of streams like hey we've we're we're streaming to youtube we're streaming to facebook we're doing church online um, rather than putting our eggs all in one basket, is that is that really where we should be leaning? Just in case we have problems with one or the other, we can kind of move people, even on a Sunday morning or on a weekend, try to move people to different platforms. Would that be best practice? We think I see a lot of churches doing that. Yeah, I no, mean, we tend I, to lead out that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I was going to say it's it's you're going to get a different uh, viewer mm-hmm. based on the platform, right? So right. if you're trying to just market then social media it sounds like a really good idea because right i share it with you know all my friends or i mm-hmm. like it and it shows up on somebody else's news feed mm-hmm. um so it's a great way to market and to get the word out and to get people aware of 
what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on other platforms, that's not the case. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be a great case to do Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the church online platform is great um, because of the interactiveness about it. So it's yep. not just going to watch, but you're actually participating and you can mm-hmm. have chat rooms and you can have hosts who are actually interacting with people, mm-hmm. praying with people, salvations, you know, mm-hmm. happening um, yep. as though it's a, it's a virtual campus. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that right there is, is a huge reason to move, move to something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. the, the people have learned about you from a Facebook mm-hmm. um, and they know somehow, you know, whether you're posting about the other platforms and they go there to watch, but um, that would be a reason. Yeah, that's perfect. If, if you're not from, if your church, if you're not using the church online platform, you definitely need to at least look at it. It is yeah. purpose built to our particular application. So like yeah. you can as kind of, it may sound goofy in this context, but it's actually not, you can have it like, you know, there's like a bar across the bottom. You say, hey, can I get an amen? And then literally people can click a button and, you know, and that, and you'll get a response on the screen. And again, if that is a part of your normal kind of pattern, it, it's built for that. The prayer function is killer. You know, the ability to have kind of separate side rooms, like, oh, I'd like to talk to someone now. And you can have live folks actually on there engaging. I've seen a lot of churches getting traction on that. Um, obviously the chat functions are robust and the, you know, the, the moderation, uh, functions are robust. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of good things, uh, about that. Um, yeah, that's great. So another question from Craig and, um, maybe Matt, I'll throw this one to you. Uh, Easter East Craig says Easter is often a time where we have unique services, right? We do something a little different. Uh, we usually try to put our best foot forward in many ways besides making our digital services look and sound great. Any other ideas about how to engage our audience during a digital Easter service? So beyond just the technical stuff, any kind of programmatic ideas or things we, we could be, be thinking about um, to try to drive engagement? Um, if, uh, and that could be anybody, but thoughts on yeah, that? I, I guess I'd be using words to um, drive the sense of community, even in the mm. midst of being separate, you know, in, in, ask people to, if they're, if they're watching it as a family in their family room, like drive activity, um, getting up out of your chair. Maybe if, maybe there's a communion experience that you can, you can sprinkle in, uh, mm-hmm. for something. Um, but it'd be driving the sense of community, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen some churches do, um, for Good Friday, I saw a church that's doing, which I think this is a, a great idea on the engagement piece. They're doing, instead of doing, um, kind of pushing towards large services, they're trying to get their people to register for a whole bunch of smaller services, a large church, 5,000 people, a bunch of smaller services. And they're driving, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. They're driving towards a Zoom experience. So literally they will be, you know, a hundred, you can up on a, on an enterprise zoom platform, you can get a thousand people on a, on a zoom call. Um, and theoretically do the, the look we're doing with a thousand people. And so what they're going to yeah. try to do is like, Hey, let's get everybody on that. Um, and you know, maybe do communion or that kind of thing to try to drive engagement. You know, that we've seen a lot of churches do another idea, Craig, we've seen uh, churches do the like, Hey, send us a picture of your, yeah. family enjoying yeah. and then be yeah. really fast on getting those up on to your social media channels so that it's like, Hey, here are pictures of people today enjoying this experience. 
Um, you know, have them get a text number, call it out. Um, if you haven't watched Stephen Furtick preach, he's done, he's a engaging guy generally. Uh, but he's doing a really good job on the, like, you know, hit this emoji, you know, if to respond this way, or, you know, is calling out the fact that everyone is on video, not pretending that there's people sitting in front, but actually saying, we know that everyone's in the chat box. So we're going to ask you to respond in the chat box. I, Again, that's a new thing to learn for communicators. That's like, a, oh, I've never done that before. Uh, but I, I would be looking to kind of, um, you know, to do that, to try to find a way. I, I'd also, uh, Craig, another thing would be to thinking thinking about some sort of free digital giveaways that you could be giving people on that day. You know, is there a, a, some sort of digital gift you could give people? Is it a, you know, as some churches have done the like, we've got coloring sheets for kids or, um, you know, we've got this, um, you know, two chapters from our pastor's book on a PDF, or, um, you know, here's a special video series for you to watch over this next, next couple of days, that kind of thing to try to add, uh, you know, some interactive elements, uh, to it. So, um, the question here uh, on Facebook seems to be a little question around Facebook again. Uh, is there someone we can find? Is there somewhere that we can find content about uh, your concerns about Facebook Live? Um, you know, I, I would push you, Nicole, towards the Church Communications Facebook group. That's an uh, there's a lot of robust conversation happening in there. Um, I'll get a link to that and drop it in the the comments. Uh, there there've been a lot of conversation around this particular issue around kind of Facebook and you know and it, it, to be honest. Um, it's on the legal side. I don't want to, we're none of us are lawyers here. None of us know anything about that. So you, you make decisions on your own for that. Uh, but there is like some gray ground that a lot of churches are, are stepping into in the content that they're putting online. Now, I don't, you know, is CCLI going to come after you? Is Hillsong going to sue you next week because you were on this? Probably unlikely. Uh, but we, you know, there is, there are, there's some, some gray ground there that, um, you know, Facebook could, as we talked about, decide to close you down. Um, and we obviously don't want to have that, uh, happen. So, um, I'll find a link to the church communications. If you're not on there, Nicole, uh, the church communications, Facebook group is had had some robust conversation, uh, around that. Um, any other comments kind of, as we're, we're coming into land here, I wonder, uh, for, for, you know, any, any three of you guys, is there, you know, any questions or any other comments about what we've been talking about digital Easter it's coming up. Are there, are there kind of other things we should be thinking about, uh, coming into this last, uh, week in a bit? I'll give, um, one more improvement. I think many of us can make if that's all right. And that would be, uh, at the target levels we should be at. For our broadcast. Oh, that's good. Because uh, if you're really quiet, wimpy, or even unnoticeable, it's easy to gloss over. And if you're like some of the very aggressive ones out there right now, where it's actually leaning into clipping the satellites, the streams, everything, because they want to be the loudest commercial or stand out, uh, distorted is the other end of the spectrum that's not so attractive. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to throw out a couple of targets for us. Um, and sometimes it can be mysterious. Coming out of the front of house desk, you have some meters. Then an encoder maybe has a meter, maybe it doesn't, and then it goes into the cloud, comes into a web page. What is it actually at the end of the day when me <laughs> right. listening to you right now on a on a web browser? Uh, so if it's okay to show you something, I'll try to be really quick with it. Yeah, no, this is great. Perfect. Yeah, I'll throw uh, my screen up. Mm-hmm. On at least a Mac OS, this is free. Um, for like 40 minutes and then noise comes in because they want you to spend 99 bucks. But this is Loopback. Uh, so it's a router for the Mac that can take any application and route it back into the OS so that you can meter it or hear it. 
Um, so mm-hmm. I would grab that loop back by Rogue Amoeba, and then I would grab this Katsura Sharewares Pro Level Two Audio Meter. Uh, that's for five bucks, and I'm going to try something real quick. I hope it doesn't break it, and I'm going to see how our broadcast right this minute is doing. Oh, interesting. Uh, there you go. So there's just you. I'm grabbing you from Google Chrome. I'm not mixing in myself. I have you go into headphones. So let's grab a meter. And let me make you the source, loop back audio. And when you start talking, give me one second. Okay, you talk. Let's see how we're doing. Oh, that's kind of cool. What a great tool. I also love the cost. Five bucks. Everybody can afford five bucks. <laughs> you know, that's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Thanks for letting me show that. And I can tell you right now that you're absolutely, completely, professionally um, consistent uh, with your broadcast level. Your peaks were generally minus six, minus five. There's room for really loud music to be at minus three. And if you roll any modern like movie trailer right now, you are right there with them. So well done. Wow, look at that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Love Who that. Knew? Super helpful. That's, uh, you know, that's what a great tool for folks because I know, again, video is important, but audio on this stuff is so critically important. It'll, you know, there is that, it's in normal church or what are we old church? I don't know what we call terrestrial church. <laughs> you know, it's an important deal, uh, but it's yeah. Yeah. Whatever that is, uh, is important, but you know, it's critically important as we stream uh, Matt, any final words as we wrap up? I also want uh, you to let us know if people want to track with you guys, how can they get, how can they get in contact? You know, we're in a particular moment now. I keep saying this, we are in a moment. Yes. This is going to pass. And, um, but we are, you know, this will pass and we're going to go back to having actual auditoriums where people sit in them. I would highly recommend that people reach out to you. Um, but so how can people track with, uh, with you if you sure. can? And then yeah, I so wonder if we had, could yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So we've had, we've had dozens of conversations in the last two or three weeks, like literally dozens of conversations in the last hundreds, maybe, uh, in the last three weeks about how to do this better. Uh, and, and, and there's no, like I stressed before, said before, there's there's no cookie cutter answer to a lot of this, and we're willing to have dozens of more conversations if you want to find out what is best for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so reach out to us at houseride.com. Uh, my phone number eight five nine two four eight six five five four, or uh, any of us on on uh, email Matt at Jeff at Chris at houseride.com. Perfect. And I, I'd uh, encourage you to reach out. And I, I know, so I know there's churches that are listening in that are saying, hey, this is a season we're going through, but you're looking at AVL projects down the road. Uh, you would be wise to reach out to our friends here at HouseRite. Um, Chris, just as we wrap up, someone's asked if we could, if you could type in the names of those programs. Could you do that in the chat just so, um, you know, we could, let, we could let people have that as we uh, wrap up. Well, thanks friends. I really appreciate you tuning in today, being here for this conversation. We're uh, here to help do whatever we can, uh, to, you know, get you ready, you know, for this particular season. We'd love for you to join us for the rest of the conversations during the, uh, during the week. Um, I'm honored that our friends, uh, here at house, right. were able to spend some time with us today. So thank you guys, Matt and Chris and Jeff. I appreciate you uh, taking some time out from your busy schedules to be with us. So, uh, thanks so much. And uh, we'll see, we'll see you later, friends. Thanks for uh, joining. Take care.